0: I thought I'd start off with a scripture. Who knows that it's good to start preaching and use scriptures? No, I don't want Siri. It's a multi-purpose tablet. This Ben uses it for the, the music, and I get to preach off it. I hope he hasn't read my notes. Matthew 28:18. Now, Nathan alluded to this earlier. He's been he's been reading my notes. This is a, a, a hugely important scripture in the life of the church because it is the beginning of the life of the church. And it says, "Jesus came and told his disciples, "I have been given all authority in heaven and earth." And as Nathan pointed out, it's all authority. not just he's given me a little job to do. He's given me all authority on heaven and in, earth, in heaven and on earth. therefore so therefore you've all heard this there's the "Therefore, you've got to look and say what it's there for. And it's because having been given all authority, Jesus can tell us to go out and make disciples of all the nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I'm always with you even to the end of the age. So we can see here that Jesus has set before the disciples a magnificent, globe-spanning, glorious and mighty vision and somewhat scary. Because he's just given them a three-point outline and a vague offer of support. <laughs> when you think about it, that's what it was. You know, Go and, go and make disciples, teach them things, um, make them obey commands. And by the way, I'm here. It doesn't sound particularly encouraging. But you think that the, that vision and all it promises is the same vision that the church follows today. We know who to reach. Everybody. We know what we want to achieve, disciples. And we know how to achieve it, to actually teach what Jesus taught, or, as we tend to put it, to preach the good news to people. So we are still following that basic vision instruction in our church. It's a, it's a bit overwhelming, though, isn't it? Who here has gone out to all the world so far? Who's covered the globe? Who's been to India? Nobody. Oh, one person. Ooh. Who's been to Great Britain? Ooh. Who's been to China? Who's been to Kangaroo Island? Ooh. <laughs> if you go closer to home, you get a lot more answers. So, luckily, in Acts chapter one, verse eight, we get a few starting instructions. And in Acts eight, verse one, uh, one verse eight, sorry. It says, "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you." And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now in short, another three points. Before you do anything, wait for the Holy Spirit. The power to spread the gospel, the power that drives the vision of the church is not you. It's not me. It's not the good-looking people it's not the Greek people, it's not the Chinese people, it's not the English people, it's not the Italian people, it's not the Eskimos. It's the power of God, it's the Holy Spirit. If we want to do something, our first instruction, no matter what we're doing, is wait for the Holy Spirit. The second instruction is, when he comes, do what I told you to do in Matthew 28.20. 20. And the third thing is, start small, but aim big. Start in Jerusalem, but aim for Judea, Samaria, and then the rest of the world. The vision of C3 Church Nord actually follows that outline and accompany instructions left to us by Jesus. And I want to show you some of that vision this morning by working backwards. And we're going to start with the world, because we're actually part of a world-spanning church movement. started in Sydney back in 1980 and has actually grown to be involved in 17 different regions throughout the world. And we have a presence in those regions as C3 churches. Once every three to four years, we all get together for an international conference. Uh, There happens to be one this year, and it's in Kuala Lumpur, uh, which will be in November. So we get together with pastors all around the world so that we have connections in places where some, some of us are never going to visit, but we can still have an impact as a church and as individuals in that area. Now, I just want to actually show you some of those people. We have a church C3 global update video, and we're going to hear from some of the people in some of the different regions around the world. So, feast your eyes.
1: Hey, C3 Global, we're heading towards the 2020 vision. There's a lot of great ideas and initiatives happening across the movement. Let's check them out. Hi guys, we're having a great new season in Southeast Asia. I've just been in Cambodia, where we launched a Primal Youth Ministry in one of the villages. It was amazing, we saw over a third of the village come to Primal that night, and about 90 decisions for Christ. So that primal is roaring right now. Now we've got new church plants coming in Thailand, in Malaysia, in Indonesia and in Cambodia. So get ready for what's happening in Southeast Asia. King c Church North Gold Coast made the decision to start another campus at Harbour Town on the Gold Coast. And six months into it, we've got 120 people calling at home. Absolutely incredible. So, you know what, from Australia, uh, things are taking off and uh, we're loving what God's doing in this nation. We're taking the first Every Woman team into Nepal in November. And then in Hyderabad, Pastor Chris Pringle is joining us for the first time at our regional South Asia conference. Hey, and a big shout out to Pastor Sudhir and Rachel Sable and C3 Purna. Just celebrated 20 years, over 650 people in the church, a great church. There's a new church being planted in Delhi, and of course, there's a new building in Delhi and a new building in Mumbai. We have just finished our Fiji Leadership Conference where we had the most delegates we've ever had. We've built eight homes in a village called Lovu, all built by different C3 churches. And C3 Baravi. The whole village, except four families, attends the church. The pastor is wanting to call it C3 Village. We're into that. New Zealand, we've launched the Undefeated Tour. This is an anti-teen suicide campaign where we're trying to reach as many high schools as we possibly can, and we've just planned five church plants in the next 12 months.
0: Dave and Jen Gilpin, with uh, Hope City churches, the C3 churches, are starting a couple of locations. Well, they've just started one in London. Mm-hmm. They're also starting a location in KL with six to seven young
1: people. And uh, these guys are out there, risk takers, let's go. They did the same in Frankfurt a few years ago mm-hmm. and they're growing a really good church. Yeah. The people they sent couldn't speak a word of German <laughs> and had never lived there. And they've already got a growing and, and noticeable church. For our winter launch, we launched a second Sunday morning service and happy to report, it's a growing service. We've also launched three youth ministries and uh, a junior youth and uh, we have a, two young adults ministries called Goya and also g Square. We've launched a once a month healing service. We rent a coffee shop once a month on Wednesday night and we've had phenomenal healings. In the next couple of weeks, We'll be launching our third Sunday service. It's going to be a language service. We're excited about our future. C3 Church in South America. We're in Brazil. We're going into Mexico. We're going into Argentina. It's gonna be a brand new, exciting day for the region down there. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Guys. Keep reaching the lost. Keep making disciples. Start new initiatives and new services. But hey, we love you all. Keep doing what you're doing. And God bless you.
0: So we can see things are happening around the world. And. Uh, The great thing about that is that there's all different sorts of people doing all sorts of different things. It's not one formula. It's not one way of doing things. The diversity is amazing. Um, Just further to that, uh, they mentioned the 2020 vision up there but didn't actually say what that was. These are the current... This is, if we can see the next slide, um, the current state of C3 churches around the world. There are 314 churches around the world as of this month. Uh, One church has been planted so far this month. There are 91,123 people who call C3 home and last week 622 people made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Now the 2020 vision states that C3 around the world is aiming to have a thousand churches with an average attendance of 500 people in each by the year 2020 which is only five years away. So we're getting there, but you know how growth happens exponentially. We're hoping that that indeed happens at, at this, uh, in this instance as well. So 314, you sort of feel a bit behind the pump, but hey, who knows with God, anything can happen. And we're, we're actually called to be a part of that, and I'll explain that a bit later. Uh, we, we as a local church also have an influence on a global level. Uh, we're involved in missions in, in the nation of Fiji, so even just as C3 Church Nord, we are reaching out to communities uh, across the sea, um, and uh, I would encourage people to get involved in that. Uh, he talked about the houses, eight houses that, are, that have been built by various C3s. Well, guess what? We've built two of them. And this year, we're going back to build another one. So if you want to come and you're a good builder, come along. If you want to come and you're not a good builder, come and learn. So that's the world. What about Samaria? Well, we don't actually have anything to do with Samaria, but in our situation, I think Australia probably counts as Samaria. So we're coming back from the world. We're actually closely linked to our Australian part of the C3 movement. There are a number of vision-based events in Australia which we encourage people at C3Nord to participate in. First one is coming up soon. Conference. President Scott, that nearly disappeared. Uh, it's a conference that's open to everyone. Anyone can go. It's a very relaxed atmosphere. It doesn't start till one o'clock in the afternoon. So plenty of time for shopping in the morning. Um, there are world-class speakers and we get an opportunity to observe and be part of the bigger C3 picture. Uh, it's interesting. One of my aunts in, back in uh, England is a staunch Catholic and is at the moment at a Catholic conference uh, in... Uh, um, Bournemouth, I think it is, and her comment was, uh, fantastic speaker this afternoon, finished early, more bar time. <laughs> I'm thinking, hmm, I know how she feels, but I'm not sure I'd post that on Facebook, but hey, obviously th- they have relaxed conferences as well, which is really good to see. But I encourage you, there are still, it's still possible to get to presents this year, so if you need more information, speak to Pastor Vicky. Uh, the other thing that we have is a, a national C3 conference uh, which is held this year at Coolangatta uh, or Tweed Heads depending on which side of the town you're on and that's a conference for pastors and leaders to develop a spirit of unity in the country, uh, it develops camaraderie amongst our, our church pastors so that we're not just uh, uh, c- intimate with our, our own church that we actually understand and, and know people who are running other churches around the country. Uh, and it reinforces, it reinforces the C3 vision and, uh, and it has a, a leadership focus. Uh, and the third conference, which is usually part of that conference, is called the Levels Conference. And that's, that's a nuts and bolts one. It's called a Levels Conference because it, it joins people together for, from different levels of churches. So we have naught to 75, 75 to 250, 250 to 500, um, 800 and above, things like that. Because, I don't know whether you've noticed it, but somebody who has a church of 1,200 runs it differently to someone who has a church of 100. And sometimes the information they give you, while inspirational, is actually no flame and good. Um, not because they're a bad person, it just, it's just a different situation. So the Levels Conference gets, gathers people together at the same church level and we exchange nuts and bolts information. Um, to help people actually move to the next level. It's an extremely useful conference to go to. Plus the fact that you get to know uh, pastors who are going through the same struggles that you are and their leaders as well. Um, and so you can give encouragement as much as anything. And it can be as simple as helping people design a welcome brochure because they don't have any designers in their church to uh, giving people tips on the right people to uh, have on the door, welcoming. You know, we're thinking of hiring Ian out um, no, <laughs> just well Elon knows all about consultancy so no no she just wants to do it here that's what I love to see that was a test by the way you passed with flying colours <laughs> so we have an Australia wide focus as well uh, which is mainly concentrated on, on us as pastors and, and the leaders that are coming up on the, in the church so if you want to be involved in that and it is very exciting then get involved here so Judea South Australia Now there are five C3 churches in South Australia at the moment uh, and the pastors of those churches get together on a a regular basis probably about once every two months and we meet together, we eat together, we have good times together. We are actually probably within Australia we have the reputation of perhaps having the best relationship uh, inter-church relationships in the country. Um, I'm not quite sure why that is apart from obviously Adelaide is the best place in the country Um, but there is a, a good a level of unity and cooperation between our churches. Uh, and it even extends to congregations. Uh, we have uh, combined church events quite often and uh, we have them so often that often you go up to Salisbury for, for something and you know at least 50% of the church knows somebody up there. You go up to the hills and it's probably even higher. And so we, we're getting a lot of integration in terms of people just knowing what is going on in other parts of the, the state which is really important uh, what has come out of that is that part of our vision of course to get to a thousand churches in 2020 uh, churches have actually got to start new churches there's a new thought and so in South Australia we're actually focused on you know in C3 Nord we want to actually be able to send somebody out one day to start another church somewhere else and but at the moment we don't have the resources but we can help other people who have the resources to do that. So every year we take up a church planting offering or a new church start offering, and that is combined so that whatever church in South Australia um, starts a new church, all the other churches are supporting it uh, financially, sometimes with equipment uh, to help that going. At the moment, there are two started at the moment. There's one at Gawler, which has been started out of C3 Salisbury, and there's one at Murray Bridge, which has started out of C3 Adelaide Hills. And although they are started by other churches, let me you can rest assured that you have actually contributed to their startup and will be a part of their success because we've actually you know, put money into that and helped those people along. So we actually have a vision for uh, what we're doing here in South Australia as well. So th- things are moving. Um, the other thing, we, we have local conferences, we have local men's conferences, a local women's conference as well. Um, we have guest speakers, we happen to have John and Danielle Pearce who are our South Australian uh, our Australian overseers who are coming to Adelaide sometime in the year, I can't remember when exactly, sometime around the middle bit, uh, and they will be holding a leaders night at, at C3 Melrose Park uh, which is available for all of the churches to come so that the youth leaders can all get together and chat and the music directors can all get together and, and be discordant. Um, sorry. No, probably not. <laughs> um, And also, I mentioned before that our vision for outreach, we are partnered with C3 Adelaide Hills uh, in our missions in Fiji. Um, So when we go to Fiji, we actually go with uh, people from there as well. So there's a a great combination going on with all of that. Jerusalem, Norwood. Um, We can see we're part of something big. We have influence in the world. We have influence in Australia. We have influence in our state, but we're called to be a local church. Our growth starts right here in Nord. When I say Nord, it goes as far south as Door Park and as far north as Craigmore. So Nord is a bigger place than you might think. (laughs) To have an impact in the world, we have to have a vision for where we are right now. And when I say where we are, that's where we are as a location in this building, in this suburb, where we are in the number of people that we have in the church, where we are in our financial capacity as a church and where we are as a force in our community as a church. Now, we're at different levels in all of those things, but they're all important starting points for us to decide where where are we going to go from here? What are we going to do? And as we saw at the start, our vision is to reach the people we know and we the people that we interact with with a message of salvation. And then our call is to empower those people as disciples and then to teach them to do the same thing. And guess what? This has caused us to grow. Amazing how that works. Our vision is to keep growing. To achieve this requires the one thing that we love to see in other people, change. (laughs) Vision always requires change. You will have already seen some changes over the last few months and there are more to come. So why is it important to have Vision Day? Well, there are a number of reasons, but I think probably the most compelling one is evident from a a favourite scripture, Ephesians 3.20. Who likes that scripture? It's a scripture of of hope, it's a, a scripture of encouragement. It says, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely. Infinitely is a really big number. Bigger than you can count. If you started now, you'd be at it infinitely long. That doesn't help, does it? To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now it wasn't until I was reading that the other day and listening to somebody talking about it that I realized that there's an interesting turn of phrase there. Notice it doesn't say that we might ask and think. It says that we might ask or think. Which implies that sometimes what we ask isn't in line with what we're thinking. Sometimes, I mean, and who's done, I will admit I've done this. I have asked God for things that in the back of my mind I'm thinking this is never going to happen. Is that only me? You sort of think, oh, I really want this but I just can't see it. You know, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not going to work. And guess what? It doesn't work. <laughs> Why? Because it's what I think or imagine. If my thinking is, is, is tripping up my imagination, it isn't going to happen. God has a choice here or rather I have a choice as to what I'm taking to God is it my imagination or is it my thinking and whatever comes out stronger God will hear and if I'm imagining it would be really good to do this thing I'm praying for that but really I'm thinking it's not gonna work it's not gonna work it's not gonna work I can't do it I can't I don't want to do this I'm afraid of doing this it's too scary it's going to cost too much you know, it's out of my comfort zone, sort of, but I really do want to marry her. Um, well, it could be anything like that. <laughs> then what we're thinking will override what we're imagining. And we don't get what we're imagining. Imagine what would happen, and don't not think what would happen, this is imagine what would happen, if Vicky and I as, pa- as pastors cast a vision for church growth for an increase in the number of people which will need an increase in organisation, need an increase in space, an increase in finances. You know, there'll be more people with needs in the church, but there'll be more people able to meet those needs. But somehow you've got to get organised so that those people actually get together. Otherwise nothing works. And we project this vision, but we don't tell anybody. We just project it in our lounge room. Wouldn't that be good? And then we've got all of these people who think something different because they haven't been told the vision. And they think, well, I like it as it is now. I like my chair. And uh, yeah, I think things should stay the way they are. And so we've got this vision in our heart, but everybody else is thinking something different. Nothing's going to happen. So Vision Day is actually for us to be able to express what we're imagining and to get you thinking that what we're imagining is going to work so that you can imagine it too. And so Vision Day is actually us helping you see what picture that we believe God has put into our hearts for where we're going to go. Now we see the 2020 vision. We see us as being part of those thousand churches with an average membership of 500. Now I don't know about you, but I don't want to be average. So we're either going to have less or we're going to have more. None of this. Uh, 2020, we're at 500. We've got to go out in the streets and either get more people or we're going to fire a few. We're not going to be average, all right? So we need to make sure that what we're believing is going to happen, that we actually are behind that thought, that we can actually see it. Now, sometimes it's all right to see things and not see why or, or how it's going to happen. But we need to understand that that's, that's actually God's vision for us. Um, and so we've learned from, from the past and from painful experience that setting numerical targets with timelines on them can be counterproductive for a church. But we also know we've got to aim for something. And so what we've actually looked at is what the next level of growth is for our church, which is going to require change. You were froze when I said that word, change. And that level is about 120 people. We have a church now of between 85 and 90. I'm not exactly sure of the number. And you sort of think, well, 85 that's not an, a huge increase in numbers until you realise it's actually better than 20% growth, which is pretty phenomenal for a church. But hey... I, we can do it. We, we need to aim to get there. And I would like to aim for this year, but I'm not going to set it in concrete because the plans that we have are not time-based. They're people-based. A church does things to help the people that we're reaching out to. They're, either they're the people in the congregation or we're reaching out to unsafe people. And so how we do it as a church of 50 is quite different to how we do it as a church of 120. So there are going to be changes that we're looking for and we've already instigated some of those changes as we grow. You might have noticed that there are no longer aisles down the side of the the church. And I know you've noticed this because I've found some people who've tried to make them even when they're not there. And we've had some people come to me and say, why have you made life difficult for me? Because I can't get down the side aisle anymore. Well, it's because the church is filling up with families that have small children who are taking up huge amounts of space up the back. It's disgusting, isn't it? People coming in and taking up space. And so we've thought, it's fabulous that we've got all these mothers and babies coming in, so we, we, make, we need to make more room. And so we have. And everything we're doing this year, all the changes that we are making, whether you can see them as having a function or not, let me tell you, our, our one thought when we've made those changes is how can we make it easier to fit more people into our church? So that we can have more people worshipping on a Sunday morning without it feeling crowded, uh, overloaded. Because once you get to a certain point, um, people won't come in because it looks as though there's no seats. Um, And so we're we're doing things, uh, we've got a number of changes and these are changes of surroundings. They're not necessarily the only changes but they're the visible ones. Uh, We have a building fund which is doing really well which will enable us one day to move into our own building that will give us a, tw- well, it won't be 24-7, but eight hours a day, seven days a week, presence that we can have our own facility, that we can do things that we can't do when we're just renting a hall. But until we reach a size where owning that building or leasing that building is viable on a, a day-to-day basis either of being able to pay the lease and, or the mortgage, we've got this place. And this is a fabulous place because It's cheap. It costs us in the region of $5,000 a year to rent this place. A year. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, Liz and I are on the board, uh, on on the committee that runs the hall that determines how much rent that we all get to pay. (laughs) Now, you might laugh at that, but Liz and I for years have been trying to raise the rent. (laughs) But none of the other user groups will have a bar of it. But, uh, but to be fair, the, the committee has uh, raised a lot of money and you may have noticed one of the changes, which is really great to have but is actually nothing to do with our vision per se, is that there is a new kitchen going in, in the back room. Now I'd tell you to go out and have a look and marvel at it, but it hasn't been finished yet so don't bother. <laughs> um, there were the usual delays in production and so what was meant to be finished on Friday won't be finished until next week. Um, But we're taking that on board as part of our church vision because it's improving the hall. Um, You might have noticed that the information desk has disappeared and we've got uh, brochures on a rack up the back. That's not necessarily that we like racks better than tables, it's just that they take up less room. Um, Our truss in the next month or so will lose its legs and be hanging from the ceiling. Um, Not because we like it hanging better than the legs or we've got anything against the legs. They're very nice legs. but it gives us actually more room to be able to spread out. It also uh, is uh, a favourite with the other user groups because it helps them when they're getting chairs and things out they won't have to go around the legs um, so that we can actually get more people in for our Sunday services. Uh, we're looking at different sorts of music gear that we're buying um, because once we've filled this place, I mean, when it gets to about 90 people on a Sunday morning, we're getting an average of somewhere between 65 and 70 people on a Sunday now. When it hits 90, we're just short of the capacity of this hall. We're possibly looking at multiple services. And if we're looking at multiple services, we may have an earlier morning one. We may not, maybe an evening one, we haven't decided yet. But if that's the case, for instance, there are noise regulations, we're not allowed to sort of circumvent, we're not allowed to actually make noise in here before 8 o'clock in the morning. So if we had to rehearse before then, we'd have to do it silently. And so we're looking at ways of making sure that we can do what we need to do without annoying the neighbours, because we love our neighbours. They're wonderful neighbours. Repeat after me. They're wonderful (laughs) neighbours. So as we go into that stage of possibly having multiple services, guess what? We need more involvement with people. And we need more musicians. It'd be great to have two teams so that they didn't have to get tired doing it twice, because it's such a burden. Um, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes, they're they're so excited they get exhausted. So we need other other people. And we've heard heard rumours of people who are taking drumming lessons and uh, there's rumours of people who can sing and play keyboards and uh, I don't see that hand. Um, And so we want to encourage you to, you know, if these things are going to happen, we're going to actually have to change our involvement. We can no longer do what we're doing. We may have to do more things. It may be a little more stressful. We may have to be a little more organised. Um, And we've made organisational changes to help these things happen. Often these are things you don't see because they're behind the scenes. We have a wonderful piece of software called Delvanto. I'm not sure whether it's pronounced like that at all, but the website doesn't speak when you go to Elvanto, but I like to think of it as Elvanto. Because it's church management software and it's, it's a new way of uh, getting our rosters sorted. It's working out how our, our volunteers work. It's getting uh, things like police checks and uh, other organisational things that we have to do as, as a South Australian incorporated association that brings it all into one place and enables people to, to interact, uh, helps with our connect groups, does all of these things. Uh, but nobody, very few people see that but it's actually an important organisational change we've made to cope with the fact that we're a growing population. Um, we have a mentoring programme to help people uh, with conversational English. That is a growing ministry at the moment. You know, if, 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 you, if you can speak English really good, yes. you need to get involved and help other people speak as good as you, um, possibly even better. Um, We'll be running an alpha course this year through the Young Adults Connect Groups. And if that works, we're going to expand on that just as another uh, tool to help bring people uh, into a knowledge of God. We're looking at running online Bible courses through the C3 Online College for people looking for a greater understanding of Scripture and, and a greater knowledge of God. So stay tuned for that. Be open to the fact that you know, as, as we grow, there's a need for us to become more able to disciple and teach other people. So we have to increase our own knowledge, our own understanding. We have to be people who are reading the word, praying, so that we can actually help others. Um, We want to expand what we're already doing. Uh, Fiji is a a great outreach. Um, But so far, I mean, who's been to Fiji? There's one, two, three, four people. Now it takes a long time to build a house with four people. Now luckily we've got C3 Adelaide Hills with us and they they provide probably double that so there's another eight so that's 12 of us. Last time it only took us three days to build a house. That's a small house. I would love to be able to take a team of 12 or more to be able to build a church, to be able to build a bigger house, to be able to expand our operations in that. And so there are things that we're already doing that we just want to see become more effective, efficient, bigger, uh, bring more glory to God. Um, we're also involved in supporting our local domestic violence centre. Um, and as we get more involved in that, we discover things like there is no government funding for these centres. They're purely um, run by donations, um, there's a huge amount of work involved in what they do we would love to be able to support them even more in what they do um, I don't know whether Vicky's got it here but we received a letter from them because we took up an offering at Christmas time uh, we didn't tell them we were going to do it we just wrote out a check sent it to them and said hi took up this offering thought you might like it um, and they wrote back this, this huge letter I'll get Vicky to ring it out next week um, they were blown away um, because of the generosity that, that we've shown them. Uh, and they've actually outlined what they're going to do with the money, which is a really sobering thought because we didn't give them enough. I mean, you look at it, what they're doing with it and you sort of think, wow, you know, we need to be able to do more. And so that's, that's our vision. We want to be able to do more with what we've got this year as well as more of, of, of what we're growing towards. We're growing our connect groups. They're growing all the time, which means that we need people to take, take up leadership roles to actually help other people as they come into the church to get involved in connect groups. They're, they're becoming one of our most important avenues of connection because it's got to the stage Vicky and I can't minister to everyone anymore. We need to have people who are looked after. Uh, I mean, I loved what Ellen said when she came up this morning that her connect group has supported her through some tough times in her life. I also happen to know that the connect group also has a few party times as well. That, uh, that they enjoy and I haven't been invited to. Um, and so there's a, there's a whole change. Our, our vision is to keep this change going. Our vision is that when we, we reach 120 people, that we are prepared for the changes that are needed to cope with that. In fact, we won't just be coping with it, we'll actually be on top of it. We will be able to help people more effectively than we do now. We will have more people in positions uh, where they can sort of work stuff out to to discover what people need to to meet those needs, to be able to do things that we cannot do right now because we don't have the resources. That is our vision for this year, to see change happen that matches, in fact, I want to see change happen before we need it for the growth that is going to happen. The kingdom of God is growing. Our part of the kingdom of God is growing. We need to be part of that growth. That is the vision that we have. We need to start thinking differently. We need to start thinking. We need to change things because the world is changing. Our church is changing. But we've got to be realistic. 500 yet, great vision to have. Not this year. We, I, I can't even think of what organizational changes we're going to need to make to get to 500 but i'm getting a handle on what what sort of things we need to change to hit 120 and i know that it's a struggle i mean i struggle with things just the way i operate has had to change even even in the last 6 months because of, of the growth that we've had so it, it, it's tricky but we've got to go on this journey together because it's important you know Half the leaders in our church in the next 12 months we haven't met yet. We need to be believing that the future that we have isn't in the faces that we've got here. And that's actually important because often as a church, I think we can make the mistake of believing that to move forward, the people we've got just have to work harder. I don't think that's what we need to do. We need to actually... Bring more people into the kingdom of God. Make disciples. It says it doesn't say be a better disciple, although I hope you do. It's actually making more disciples, and the kingdom of God will grow. That's our vision. That's what we want to do. That's why we've set up this whole idea of a vision offering, because it's a question of getting people to actually understand that you can be a part of this vision. That it's important for you to say, "Okay, I'm for this." And in a minute, we're actually going to take up that offering. We want to pray for you guys as you give. But before we do that, I want to offer you an opportunity to start on a road to this vision if you haven't even thought about getting involved. The first part of getting involved in any vision that comes with God is to accept God into your life. I don't know whether everybody here has done that. Can I get everybody to close their eyes? If you're here this morning and you have never made a commitment to make Jesus Christ your Saviour and the Lord of your life, I want to offer you that opportunity this morning. All Jesus requires is that we say to him, I want to put you first in my life. I want to start on a journey with you in charge. I reject all other gods. And if we take that step, He will then take us on a journey as a follower of Christ. It's not the be all and the end all, it's a doorway. may have taken that doorway before but you feel that you've perhaps stepped out that you need to come back and say yep I've been living a life away from the lordship of Jesus but I want to acknowledge him again as my lord and as my saviour if that's you this morning while every eye is closed I want you to raise your hand right now so that I can see it we can pray a prayer together to invite Jesus Christ back into your life. Is there anyone here this morning who wants to do that? Okay, can I get you to open your eyes again? And grab these envelopes. Hopefully you've filled them out. If you've put details on them, don't forget to fold them in half so that private actually it's only in the mountain of date there's probably nothing private about that I'm going to get Vicky to come out here instructions here and then would you, perhaps you'd like to explain more what we're going to do
1: we're just going to ask you as we stand here we're going to pray as you come forward with your offering so we're going to stand here on the right hand side if you'd like to come down the right side and go back up the left of the aisle just place your offering in the basket So you can just begin to come as you feel ready.
0: Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you that this is a sacrificial offering. We thank you, Lord, that we will see more than we can think or imagine come from our generosity this morning, for our desire to see your vision come to pass in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'll hand back to Nathan.